0: Well, as you're being seated, tell somebody next to you your best days are right in front of you. Your best days are right in front of you. How many have enjoyed this series on best days? Praise God. Well, hey, the word of the Lord today is follow the leader. Follow the leader. And if you have a Bible, go to Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six. Yeah, we get loud about the word of God. And if you have, you can actually get the Bible on your phone, pull it up right on your phone. Proverbs chapter 3, the wisest man in his time, Solomon, who uh, was the king of Israel, and Solomon had asked God for wisdom. God gave Solomon more wisdom than any other person on the earth. And so Solomon was walking in all this wisdom, and he said this scripture, and it's a very famous scripture. In Proverbs chapter 3, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, stop right there. This is coming from the wisest expert in in his time, the person who knew all about financial uh, 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 things, who knew all about education, who knew all about all the different areas that you could ask him about, science. He knew everything about every uh, study out there, and yet he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. I think it's so important, if we're gonna live our best days, we need to follow God's will for our life. That if we'll follow his will for our life and hear his voice, I'm telling you, we will live our best days yet. My son Liam, he loves this song. He walks around our house and he sings it all the time and and he learned it from a cartoon movie, Peter Pan, that we showed him last year and the song goes like this. We're following the leader, the leader, the leader. We're following the leader, wherever he may go. T-dum, tee-dee, diddle T-diddle-dum, T-day, doo doo. You know the song. Anybody know that song? Okay, a few of us grew up awesome. All right, but listen. <laughs> This song, Liam loves to sing it around the house and he tells us to follow him. He's like, follow the leader, follow the leader. So me and my wife and our other son will march behind him, following the leader. And we're trying to teach Liam that we're the leaders of the house. He's not the leader. You know, we're like, hey, listen, you're not the CEO of this house, you know. So he, he understands, we play the game with him, but then we teach him to follow our instructions, to obey. And recently, Liam has been learning to just hear our voices and before he even sees our faces, he knows it's us. He's learning to recognize our voice in a crowded room with a lot of noise. So when we go pick him up from nursery, there'll be kids screaming, there'll be teachers talking, uh, uh, maybe a video that's playing, but all we have to say, we don't even have to say it loud, we'll just say, Liam, and he immediately recognizes it's our voice. Before he even sees my face or my wife's face, he knows that's mommy and daddy, and he knows that means it's time to go. And we're teaching them how to learn how to hear our voice. This is what God wants us to learn this year, to learn how to hear his voice and to follow his instructions. See, God wants us to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people in the right way. God wants us to know what relationships we're supposed to be in. He wants to direct your your, your relationships. He wants to direct your marriage. He wants to direct your finances. He wants to teach you things. He wants to reveal things to you. And oftentimes our reasoning, our understanding, will contradict what God's telling us to do. It won't make sense on paper, the Excel spreadsheets, the financial experts. God will be speaking things to us that we have to decide who's the leader, fear or faith. Who's the boss of my life? What the economy is saying or what the word of God is saying? What the Holy Spirit is trying to lead me to do or maybe what my friends are telling me to do. And I wanna encourage you this year not to follow the money not to follow the economy, not to follow what everybody else is saying, but to follow God as your leader this year. If you want to live your best days yet, I'm telling you, God knows more than anyone else in this world. My son loves Chuck E. Cheese. It's this pizza place in Tulsa. Anybody ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? I think they're all over the nation, but every time we go there, he loves to get tokens to play the games at Chuck E. Cheese. And he goes to these games and he doesn't, he actually doesn't even play them. He just sticks the token in and walks away. He thinks it's so funny. I'm like, you're wasting my money. (laughs) I I was getting frustrated because it was his birthday a few weeks ago and we bought him like a hundred tokens and he's just going up to each game, just sticking tokens in. And I'm like, come on, man, you know, we paid for those tokens and Liam thinks it's so funny, but he got to this one game and it's the claw game. It's where you stick a token in, and you maneuver this little stick, and the claw moves around to find these stuffed animals, and then you push a button, and the claw drops down and grabs an animal, pulls it up, and then puts it in the little drop basket. How many of you guys know the game I'm talking about? So he goes over there. He sticks the token in, and he immediately presses the button before he can maneuver the stick. And I tell Liam, I said, Liam, First, we got to move the stick because then the claw will be over those little animals. And Liam, if you'll trust me, I have a higher vantage point. I can tell you when to push the button. And he's smiling, puts a token in, pushes the button really fast, (laughs) puts another token and pushes the button really fast. I'm going, Liam, listen to me. I'm learning to be okay with wasting tokens so my son can smile. But I'm trying to teach him how to trust me because I have a higher vantage point than him. And Isaiah 55 verse nine says that just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, God will oftentimes be trying to speak to us, I have a higher vantage point. I can see 20 years down the road. That's not the right person to be dating. That's not the right school to be going to. You're supposed to stay at that job. Don't quit just because it's uncomfortable and tough. See, sometimes we think God's speaking to us because we don't like the situation we're in. We're wanting God to tell us something that we think is gonna make us feel good. But sometimes God might tell you to be in the most dangerous, uncomfortable place in the world, but it's the perfect place to be in because it's the will of God. I think sometimes we want God to put us in the most comfortable, easiest, convenient places, convenient situations, But when you look at the Bible, every time God spoke to someone to do something, whether he was speaking to Joseph, or speaking to Abraham, or speaking to Esther, a lot of the times it was uncomfortable. It went against what maybe their reasoning, or their understanding, or their logic thought. But it was the best decision to make. And this year, I want to make the best decisions. I don't want just man ideas. I don't want just good ideas. I want God ideas. I want God's ways. If we're gonna follow God as our leader, number one, we gotta learn to listen to his voice. We've gotta listen to the voice of God. See, John chapter 10 says that my sheep hear my voice. They follow my voice. And this morning, I wanna ask you, are you listening to God's voice? Are you listening? Because God is speaking. God is speaking. He has not lost his voice. This morning, I wanna tag team this message with someone who's taught me a lot about hearing the voice of God, and so I want you to check out what he has to say about how we learn to listen to the voice of God.
1: We should expect to hear God's voice. He's a loving father, and we're his children. Loving parents talk to their children, and their children speak back to them. There's an interchange. This is a day and hour where people must be listening to God. What if you had heard God about buying the right house, being in the right apartment project, being in the right place doing the right thing at the right time what if you had heard the Lord in the direction on the investment of your finances I remember many years ago I heard God speak to me get your money out of that bank Sharon and I were just married been married a few years and we didn't have a lot of money I don't know two or three thousand dollars but When you're young and you're just married, that's a whole lot of money. And God said, get it out of the bank. I went to a friend of mine who I knew understood business and was involved with the business community. And I said, is there anything wrong with this bank? Said, no, it's everything's on top. It's doing well. I said, "Okay." and I let it go. But then that voice came back. Get your money out of that bank. And so I remember going down, you know, withdrawing my money out of that particular bank, transferring it into another bank. And, you know, Sharon asked me, my wife, what are you doing? Well, all I know is I heard we were to get our money out of that bank. She said, okay. She understood. She accepted it. Now, I'll never forget opening the newspaper only a few weeks later, and on the front page was a picture of people banging on the doors of this bank because at five o'clock they had shut the day before and the bank had gone defunct. Now, you say, well, people had their money insured. Do you know how long it takes to get the government to go through that process of the FDIC verifying that you had the money, and that it is going to be delivered to you. People went months without their money, and I thought about it. God, did you just speak to me? Were you speaking to others? I believe that God loves everybody. We have to be listening and open and receptive to His voice. He can make a way where there seems to be no way if we'll listen. As we talk about hearing God's voice, open your heart and let God speak to you. Come
0: on, as we talk about it, open your heart and let God speak to you. Are you guys cool if I tag team with my dad this morning? You know, he's taught me and my mom, he's taught us so much about hearing the voice of God. Many times as a little boy, I remember learning that God doesn't just speak to us when we reach a certain age. God will speak to anyone who's willing to listen. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, God was speaking to a little boy named Samuel at age six years old. I remember hearing a preacher say that you got to get old enough at times to finally hear God's voice. And I thought, well, that that contradicts what the Bible says. Because the Bible says even when you're six years old, you can hear the voice of God as clear as someone who's 80 years old. It's not about reaching a certain age. It's about having an ear to hear the voice of God. God's speaking all the time. He's just waiting for people to listen. He's waiting for people to tune in. I remember getting invited to go speak at this con- in this country, at this church. I was excited to go there. I'd always wanted to go to this country. And they said, we're going to pay for you and your wife to come. And so I just said, yes, I'll go. And me and Ashley went. We had a little, we had just had our first child. We're going there. And. The whole time, I felt this heaviness, and I ministered in the church, ministered to these people in this country. People got saved, but I just felt this heaviness, and so finally, I I took some time by myself, got away from from, uh, our child, from Ashley, from the ministry, and just took like an hour to go and pray, and as I was praying, God said, you didn't ask me about what I thought about this trip. You didn't get my opinion. You didn't get my advice. You just got so excited, you went for it. And I had to repent. I said, God, I'll never go on a trip again without praying and asking for your counsel. God said, I love these people too much for this to be a waste of time, so it's okay. But it's like I heard God say, why didn't you pray about this? Sometimes we wait to pray until we're in a crisis. We wait to get direction from God until we absolutely need it. But we need to be praying every day, tuning in to the voice of God so we can be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. I don't wanna just go where my family tells me to go. I wanna go where God tells me to go. I remember when I was dating this girl at ORU and everything was fine, the relationship was pure. My friends didn't seem to think anything different. They thought, you know, this is a good relationship, this is a good person. But things were moving really fast and I hadn't really taken time to pray about the relationship and so I took some time just to get away, I took a day alone with God. See, if we're gonna listen to God's voice, we gotta pull away from all the noise. Sometimes you just gotta turn your phone off, go into a closet, go on a walk, leave your phone at the house and just listen to God. Prayer is not a one-sided conversation. Prayer is meant for you to talk to God and then listen to God. So this is how we listen to the voice of God is getting alone. So as I was praying, God said, that's not the person you're supposed to be with. That's not the person. I've got someone for her and I've got someone else for you. And thank God I listened because I found the girl of my dreams. Ashley Hope Doherty. <laughs> but I remember when Ashley and I were dating and we were getting closer to getting married and I had to listen to God about the timing of that. God has a perfect timing for you. Some of us are are, are are afraid and we're moving by fear and God's given us the green light. He's saying, go for this. Pop the question. You got the ring. Go Go ask her to marry you. And then other times God's saying, red light, red light. Anybody remember playing that game, re- green light, red light? Maybe God's trying to tell you, guys, stop. I see a better vantage point. Don't click that button yet. Let me position you before you click that button. Just like I was trying to teach my son that game of when to push the button so the claw would drop at the right time. God's saying, trust me in this. Trust me in this. How does God speak? Well, 1 Kings 19, Elijah was trying to hear the voice of God. He was in a crisis and he needed to hear direction on what to do. How to find his best days. And he was in his worst moment in this time. And so it says that God sent a windstorm, but he wasn't in the windstorm. Then there was an earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. Then came a still, small voice. And it was the gentle whisper of God. If you want to know what God sounds like, he's not condemning. He's never going to put you down or put a guilt trip on you. He's not gonna try to stir up jealousy or violence or tell you to leave something that he's called you to be in. God will never speak a word that contradicts the Bible. I've heard people say, God told me I'm supposed to leave this person that I've been married to for 20 years because we're just not getting along. I'm like, what? The word of God says work to make that relationship work. What God has brought together, let not man separate. See, when we look in the word of God, we can clearly understand when God is speaking to us and he wants to speak to you about relationships, about job opportunities. Some of us will go to everybody except for God. Hey, what do you think I should do? I mean, my friends are telling me I should move to LA. My friends are telling me I should go here. My friends are saying I should accept this job. My friends are saying I should break up with this girl. What is God saying to do? Listen to God's voice. Number two, if we're gonna follow God as our leader this year, we gotta have faith in our leader. We gotta have faith in God's love for us. We gotta believe that God knows best. He's our father and he loves us as his children. And he knows better than we know. He knows better than the experts know. You know, I look at Jeremiah 29 11 and if you ever wonder what is God's plan for my life? I mean, does he have good plans for me? This proves it right here. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. Not plans of evil, but plans that are good. To prosper you, to give you hope and a future. There's a story about this couple in, in Texas that had a great business and, it, and they were thriving. Two ambitious people, very uh, uh, loved to work, loved to, to build things and they were flipping houses. They had started this business, this company where they were selling crafts and things, furniture that they could put in their houses and, and it was doing really well. But after they had their first child and they were pregnant with their second child, they felt God was speaking to them in their hearts to shut down the business and focus on the family. And they said, well, God, how are we gonna make it financially? I mean, we can't, that's our, that's our livelihood. How are we gonna provide for these kids? God said, right now, that business is taking too much of your focus and your time. Shut it down. I'll give you other ways to make money, and I want you to focus on your two little children. And it was really hard. Joanna, she said, I remember when I was closing down the shop, I was crying on the last day, thinking, this is what I love. This is my dream. This is my shop. But she said, I heard God tell me, I'm gonna bring this back in a way that will exceed your imagination. It will be bigger than your wildest dreams, but trust me in this. Believe that I know best for you. I've got a higher vantage point than you, Joanna. So Joanna trusted God. She said during that time, we began to focus on our kids. God gave us ways that we could help continue to make money, but it wasn't taking our time away from our children. A few years went by and they got a phone call from a TV channel, HGTV. They said, hey, we've heard about what you guys used to do, your shop and flipping houses. We want to make a show about you guys, and we want to give you the chance to do whatever you want to do on this show. Now, they're spirit-filled, born-again Christians, so Chip and Joanna Gaines got this show, and now every week, people tune in to watch Fixer Upper on HGTV as these two Christian people Lift up Jesus. Stand for God. They're a light in the darkness. While there's so many people on the tabloids falling apart, this couple stands out in the midst of all of that. And it's because they chose to trust in God. You know, we need to continue praying for people like them in the spotlight. And I want to pray for you that this year you would listen to God and follow God's voice. Joanna said, if I wouldn't have obeyed God, I don't think that opportunity would have come. I had to trust God that he knew what was better, even though my understanding, my reasoning, my logic, my friends were telling me, Joanna, you can keep the shop and still be with your kids, but you gotta follow the voice of God. Who's the boss in your life? Fear or faith? Your friends or the Holy Spirit? Who are you listening to? Who are you following? There's another story of a guy in our church, Tom Newman. And God spoke to Tom in the mid 80s to take this drama called Toymaker's Dream on the road. They didn't have any opportunities or, or, or places that were inviting them to come. They just had to go by faith. How many of you remember the drama, Toymaker's Dream, the masterpiece? Yeah, hundreds of us in this room remember. Many of you that are watching on, the, on TV might remember. They ended up traveling all over the United States, and they had to step out on faith. He was listening to the voice of God, following the voice of God, trusting that God knew what he was telling him to do. When you follow God's vision, you get God's provision. When you follow God's vision, you get God's provision. When you choose to follow your own vision, you miss out on the supernatural provision. You have to find it in ways from man. But I'm telling you, man, if you'll tune into the Holy Spirit, he has opportunities, doors he wants to open for you. So Tom began to travel. They were ministering in churches. God said, Tom, I want you to go to the Soviet Union. I want you to take this international. They went all over the world in places where there was communism, where the doors were shut on any other Christians, but because they were this creative Broadway type of play, the doors opened for them to go and share the love of Jesus. Then God said, Tom, it's time to stop the drama, work on movies, produce Christian movies, and be a light in the darkness. And God started using Tom to do that. And then the last few years, he was helping at TBN and filming videos for different ministers. And just a few weeks ago, I was talking to Tom. And he goes to our church, him and Susan, great family. He said, Paul, you'll never believe this. I was on set and I was filming a very famous Christian author. He's written books that are bestsellers out there. His name is Mark Batterson. And several of his books are in our bookstore. The Circle Maker and In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, Chasing the Lion. These books have sold tons of copies. Mark Batterson is a preacher in Washington DC and he's got several campuses just changing that whole culture. How many know Washington DC needs our prayers and needs the light? The White House, come on. We need to continue to be a light in the dark. But he asked him, he said, Mark, how? Tom was talking to Mark. He said, how do you do what you do? Where did you get the inspiration to write these creative books and to build this amazing church? Now, Mark Batterson doesn't know Tom Newman at all. He doesn't know him from anybody. Mark said, you know, when I was a little kid, this drama came to the East Coast and came to my church, and it so changed my life. I was sitting in that auditorium, and I'm watching pirates and machine guns and dancers and ballet and guitar solos and streamers, and and yet it was a story, an allegory of the gospel. And Mark said, when I sat there, I cried as a little boy, and I said, God, I wanna tell the story of Jesus in a creative way outside the box. He said that drama was the catalyst for me to become an author and a pastor of who I am today and what I'm doing today. I credit back to that night when I was watching that drama, Toymaker's Dream. Tom is just crying, he goes, shut up. Sorry, kids, we don't say shut up, but he's like, are you serious? Mark was like, yeah. He goes, why, do you know about this drama? Tom goes, I'm the one who brought that drama to your church. Mark said, I've been looking for you for 20 years. I've wanted to thank the person who brought it, but I didn't know who it was. Are you serious? You're the guy. Tom just began to cry. He realized God's big picture. But see, God didn't just have a plan for Toymaker's Dream to touch people in the 80s and the 90s. But God was going to use what he did in the 80s and the 90s to spark a fire. And a guy, 30 years later, who would change a generation with his books and with his church. See, I'm telling you, the voice of God is speaking for you to hear things that are 20 years down the road, 40 years down the road. Just last year, God spoke to me to get back on television as a church, that it was time for victory to get back on TV. It was a step of faith, still is a step of faith for us every week. But did you know, every week I get emails messages, run into random people in our city and in other places who say, thank you for going on TV. Your, your church, your voice is a voice of hope and encouragement to my family. In fact, in the last service, this guy was down at the altar crying. He said, I was in jail last year. He said, I'm, I'm out now. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But he said, I watched you on TV every night in my cell. And he said, I waited for the day that I could come to victory. Yeah, this guy was watching us on TV to say thank you for being a voice of hope that my best days are still in front of me. God wants to speak to you this year. I believe this is a year for businessmen to get ideas and strategies from heaven. I was reading just a few weeks ago about the story of Chick-fil-A. I always talk about Chick-fil-A. I like them a lot. But the man who started Chick-fil-A, he was a born-again Christian. Hey, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you get the whole package. You get the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a guide. And he reveals the deep secrets of God to believers. This is in Corinthians chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit, he gives us the deep secrets, the mysteries of God. So this businessman is listening to, to what the Holy Spirit's telling him to do. Close on Sundays. Have a, have a chicken restaurant that closes on Sundays and teach the values from the word of God to your employees. People told Truett Kathy, you are dumb. Why are you closing on Sundays? You're going to miss out on so much money. Did you know Chick-fil-A has prospered over and over multiple times more than some of these other restaurants because they have followed the voice of God. Don't listen to what everybody else is saying. It's okay to get advice. It's okay to go to the counselor's But don't you dare leave God out of the equation because he has God ideas for you to prosper. God told me yesterday to call the business leaders together, men and women, young and old. This week, I'm doing a business leaders luncheon on Thursday at noon. If you are a young businessman, a young businesswoman, an older businessman, an older businesswoman, whatever age you are, come join me. We're going to have a lunch together in the second floor chapel. Why am I doing that? Because God spoke to me to do it. I don't know what's on the other side of what God's telling me to do, but I know if I don't follow him, I'll never find out. Our best days are hinging on whether we obey the voice of God this year. Who are you going to follow? So if you want to come to that, that's this Thursday at noon. All right, last point right here. You guys following with me this morning? you receiving? Number three, final point, obey God no matter what. How do we follow the leader? We listen to his voice. We trust that he knows best, have faith in his love for us. And number three, we obey him no matter what. Luke 11, verse 28 says, Blessed are those who hear and obey the voice of God. Blessed are those who hear God's word and put it to practice. Don't just hear the message today. Start applying it. Spend some time this week to hear from God. If you're facing a decision about moving out of Tulsa, getting into a relationship or getting out of a relationship. If maybe right now your marriage is on the rocks and you're about to make a decision in this marriage and you have not spent time asking God's will, please take a moment this week to get alone. and Say, God, what's the answer to restoring my marriage? What's the answer to fixing the relationship between me and my dad, between me and my son? God, what's the answer Should I stay at this company or should I leave? God, am I supposed to stay here? Is there a promotion on the other side of this or is it time for me to go? Lord, am I supposed to be in this college? Are my kids supposed to be in this school? Am I supposed to be hanging out with this crowd right here? God will tell you if you just ask Him. The Bible says all you got to do is ask me. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me and you'll hear my voice. There was a young boy named Matthew in Phoenix, Arizona, as he was 21 years old, single guy. God spoke to Matthew in a dream. Go to Los Angeles and reach the people that nobody's reaching. Minister to the down and out, the drug addicts, the prostitutes, the pimps. God spoke to Matthew. If you'll reach the people that nobody wants, I'll bring you the people that everybody wants. So Matthew went with that word to Los Angeles. No family, no friends, he had grown up in Phoenix in a big church and they had all the resources they needed. But here he was in Los Angeles with no help, no money. And yet he was there on assignment, obeying God's word. He began to minister to the pimps, the prostitutes, the drug addicts, began to minister to the drug dealers and people who were getting out of jail, people who were supposed to still be in jail that had just escaped, (laughs) ministered to everybody. God began to build this congregation in Los Angeles. God gave Matthew a a church building, then gave him a building that they called the Dream Center, the Los Angeles Dream Center. God started bringing celebrities, wealthy celebrities, famous athletes, professional athletes to this church. They started giving. They said, Matthew, I don't know what it is, but your heart that beats for the people that, that are so poor in our city. Makes me want to be here in this church and sow into this vision. When you follow God's vision, you get God's provision. Don't follow the money. Follow God and the money will follow you. Don't follow the economy. Follow God. Follow God. Man, growing up as the son of pastors Billy Joe and Sharon, I learned this. There were times where people told my parents, why are you sending buses out there? Why are you starting a Dream Center? Why do you want to camp out in Manford? They didn't know that 20 years later, we would have a Victory Manford campus. They didn't know that thousands of boys and girls would get saved and change their world because Billy Joe and Sharon listened to the voice of God instead of listening to the advisors and the critics that were telling them what to do. I've worked too hard to follow God's voice for me to compromise and follow man's voice. I didn't get here by following man's voice. I'm here today because God put me here. Lord, help us to follow your voice. Give us a sensitive heart to follow what you're telling us to do. Help us to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you. I want you to hear one more time from my tag-team partner this morning. My dad, there was a moment in his life where God was speaking to him to do something, and he didn't know how it was going to work, didn't make sense, and he had to make a decision whether or not he would obey. Check this out.
1: I remember when God spoke to us to go to Russia 18 months in a row. And while we were there in this huge indoor stadium in St. Petersburg, God spoke to me, go back. These people need the word of the Lord. Years before, a woman had prophesied, the door to Russia will open in the days ahead. She had said this in 1980. The door to Russia will open, and the gospel will be preached from one end to the other. And there will be people that will sweep across that nation and reap the end time harvest. God spoke to me, I would be one of those people. But it was 11 years before that happened. That word dropped in my spirit. We were to be there. And so we attempted to go back and get people to help us and connect, and no one would work with us. There was so much trouble and anxiety and fear. None of the people in Russia wanted to do anything related to another crusading outreach, particularly only three months afterward, which would have been November. 1991 but you know when god speaks to you you can't let go of it and i kept hearing it go go and finally one sunday morning i said to Sharon, we're going to russia someone will come and after church service on sunday morning three people walked up to me i'd never seen or heard or spoken to they'd never written or called and they said be here you're going to russia we want to help you and i said who are you and they told me and they said I said, where are you from? And they said, we're from St. Petersburg. And they had heard that I had told our people we were going and they were exactly what we needed. What happened in that first crusade, over 25,000 people made signed decisions for Christ. And then in January, over 90,000 people. And month after month, it was like an avalanche. God had a plan and he had a time but someone had to hear I know I struggled with it, but thank God we went. It birthed a mighty movement in that country. Praise God.
0: I remember going, they would take one kid each month with them. They would take me, and then the next month take John, next month take Ruthie, next month take Sarah. This this lasted almost two years every month, going to Russia. and. People would try to tell them, why, why are you doing this? You're wasting your time. Why are you doing these crusades? Why are you ministering to these people? And, but when you hear from God, you can't shake it. And delayed obedience is disobedience. If you know what you're supposed to do and you keep putting it off, how long do you want to wait to be in the will of God? How long do you want to wait? If you know you're supposed to do something today, but you say, you know, I'll do it next week. I'll get baptized next year. I'll go on a mission trip when it's convenient. I'll, I'll get out of this relationship when I know God's got someone else for me next. But what if God's telling you, do it now? There's a window of opportunity. There's a Kairos moment, don't miss it. What if God's saying that? The only way you'll know is if you listen, if you take time to listen to God, he'll speak to you. Just a few weeks ago, I was with my mom. God said, Paul, go, I felt God saying to go to this faith conference. I'd never been before, my parents go every year mom's been going ever since my father passed away, and God said, you need to go to this. Go back, get get back to your roots, growing up in faith. So I was in this conference, listening to these faith messages, but I felt God was saying, there's another reason why I have you here. So at lunchtime, I'm walking through this room of pastors and Christian leaders, and and this person comes up to my sister and says, I need to talk to you and your brother, because my sister was there too. And it was a pastor from Russia, and he said, had your parents not obeyed God to go to Russia 20, 20 plus years ago, the church that I pastor, the Bible school that I've started, the Christians, that the people that we've led to Jesus, the missionaries that we've sent out never would have happened. The revival that's happened across the Soviet Union never would have happened if Billy Joe and Sharon didn't obey God. And I just need to tell you, he said, thank you for obeying. Thank you when it didn't make sense and the money wasn't there. Thank you for stepping out by faith. This is what we're called to do, church. You know, if we'll follow God's word that's already here, he'll continue to speak to us. He's already spoken to us from the Bible. One of the scriptures that I want to challenge you to take on this year is the scripture of giving your finances to God, trusting God with your finances. I believe that if we'll take his scriptures and take it to heart, Malachi chapter 3, says trust me in this try me in this test me in this let me lead you follow the leader here I promise you I won't let you down if you'll bring the tithe into the storehouse I'll open the windows of heaven over you see there is a blessing connected to your obedience but you'll never see it if you hold on to what you have and say no I'm going to follow the money I'm going to follow the fear I'm going to follow what CNN's telling me to do I'm going to follow what these people are telling me to do what if you start following God this year What if you released your faith? All across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're here right now and you say, Paul, things aren't right between me and God. If I'm really honest, I've allowed sin into my life. I've been doing what I want to do. I've been following what I want, not what God wants. And Paul, I need to repent today. I don't want anything hindering me from following God as my leader, from following the will of God, the voice of God this year. Paul, I want that Holy Spirit you were talking about. I want to know how to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. All across this room with heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand right where you're at. Just lift your hand up. Hands going up all over this room. You're saying, Lord, I need you this year. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I repent where I've missed Him. God, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your voice. I need your direction on decisions I need to make. Married couples in this room, families in this room, singles in this room, knowing where to be, whatever it is, if you raised your hand, would you just leave your seat, come and meet me at this altar right now, right where you're at, just leave your seat, come and meet me at this altar, we're going to cheer on every couple, every family, every college student, every teenager, every child, every grandparent, this is a day for new beginnings. This is a day for forgiveness. This is a day to get in tune with the Spirit of God, with the voice of God. He's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. God has not lost His voice. He's not lost His voice. He's just looking for someone who will listen. Whoever you are, don't miss this moment. God's inviting you. He's sending a personal invitation. He wants to meet with you. He wants to give you direction on that relationship. He wants to give you direction on that job opportunity. He wants to give you direction before you move out of this city, before you go to that next place. He's saying, hold on, hold on, wait. Let me speak to you. Maybe he's saying, green light, green light, time to go, time to go. Maybe he's saying, red light, red light, hold on. Lord, I just pray for a sensitive heart this morning across this church to hear the voice of God. Lord, I know the plans you have for us are good plans, great plans. As you're down at this altar, just take some time to just listen to God. Maybe you're still deciding if you want to come down to the altar right now. Hey, if that's you and you need someone to walk down with you, just say, hey, would, would you come with me? I want to stand down there. I need direction on a situation. And I want to do one more invitation for those here today who say, you know what, Paul, I need to get water baptized. I'm ready to go public with my faith. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I've decided in my heart, but now I want to go down in that water, down with the old man, up with the new. If that's you, lift your hand across this room. If you didn't get baptized earlier, but you want to get baptized now, if that's you, just raise your hand. All right. Now, if you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, but you want to, I want you to leave your seat, or if you're standing down here at the altar, and come over to my left, your right, by this exit door right here. We're going to baptize you today, right now. If that's you, you want water baptism. Maybe you had it as a little boy, as a little girl. Maybe you had it at one time, but you walked away from God. Now you've come back to God. Don't miss this chance. Can we cheer on those that are making that decision today to get water baptized? My left. You're right, down here by this exit door, our pastors will meet you down there. We've got towels, changes of clothes. Praise God. Lord, I just pray right now, God, just that we would hear your voice this year. That over these next few minutes, as we just linger in this room, before we head out, go find something to eat, before we go do something next, help us to stop, to listen, to pray, and to obey your voice. Well, hey, I hope God spoke to you today, and I hope that God confirms some things in your heart about what he wants to do in and through your life. If you've not accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, I wanna invite you to do that with me right now. Maybe you have, but maybe you've walked away from God. You've been allowing sin to get between you and God, and you just know, man, things aren't right. You need to repent, and it's time to get back on that right road that God has for you. Would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross, you rose from the dead, and I accept you into my heart today as my Lord, my Savior. I repent of my sins, and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, today is a new day in your life. This is the season where God wants to do fresh things in your life, not just for a short time, but from this day forward, it's time to start living your best days yet. Hey, you know what? We would love for you to continue to stay connected with us online. Once again, email us your story at victory.com. Or if this message ministered to you, partner with us financially. You can give right now at victory.com or you can give through the Victory app. We love you. We're praying for you. And remember, with Jesus, your best days are always right in front of you.